Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Janine Rogan. Janine is a passionate finance professional and CPA. She's the founder of JanineRogan.com and runs her own YouTube channel. Over the years, she has dedicated countless hours to sharing her knowledge through writing and speaking. And she's passionate about educating individuals and businesses about their money. Janine lives in Calgary, Alberta, giving back through a number of local and national organizations focusing on sustainability and women in business. As a woman in a male-dominated industry, Janine loves being involved with organizations that empower women to climb the corporate ladder through mentorship and sponsorship. In my interview with Janine, we discuss saving together for down payment, separate versus joint bank accounts, and the pros and cons of shopping for property with your partner. Without further ado, here's my interview with Janine Rogan. Hi, Janine. How are you doing today? I'm good. Great. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. Yes. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Great. So, One of the most challenging parts about buying a home is coming up with the down payment. What tips do you have for couples trying to save together? I think one of the first tips I would have, whether you're in a relationship or not, is paying yourself first. And I think it becomes even more important when you're saving with your significant other. One of the best things that you can do as a couple is work towards that common goal of creating a large down payment. And this is going to be something that brings you closer together as a couple. And do you find anything from personal experience that's worked for your husband and you in terms of coming up with a savings goal together? Definitely. We took the approach of opening a joint savings account together. And then we decided to track our progress in an Excel spreadsheet every month so that we could see our progress and we have celebrated kind of those mini milestones as we've saved our money together. Great. And that actually leads right into the next question. What are some important considerations for couples when choosing to have a separate bank account versus a joint bank account? Because I know that's kind of a decision that some couples struggle with. They're like, should I have savings accounts just on our own or should we manage our money together? So what's kind of your thoughts on both of those options? That's a great question. And I think it's going to vary depending on where you're at in your relationship, as well as how often you talk about money and how much you trust your significant other when it comes to your finances. If you're at the beginning of your relationship and you really haven't had a lot of those money conversations, you might not feel comfortable opening a joint savings account together. But as the years go on and hopefully you've discussed money to some extent, 
then opening a joint savings account can mean you are able to achieve your financial goals faster. And do you have any tips in terms of managing bills and expenses when you have a single versus joint account? I mean, I've heard some couples have a joint account where all their bills come out of that and then they have separate savings accounts and checking accounts. What are your thoughts on that? I definitely think if you're going to create accounts for your expenses and for your savings as a couple and you aren't combining everything, you should definitely split them out. So perhaps opening a joint checkings account for all of your monthly expenses like rent and utilities and groceries, but then also having a joint savings account for things like a down payment. That's a great idea. Now, buying a home isn't just a financial decision for couples. It's also a lifestyle decision, isn't it? Definitely. I think there is a point in time in couples' lives where renting may make sense, but as you start to move down the road into potentially getting married and having children, there is definitely a stability aspect of owning a home. There's also the ability to really start to own your home in terms of personalizing it and making it your own. And it feels a little bit more homey than perhaps just renting an apartment. It definitely, when you own a house, you could basically personalize almost everything. But when it comes to renting and even owning a condo, it can be a lot more restrictive. So I definitely enjoy the freedom that comes with home ownership. Yeah. And I think a lot of people definitely focus on some of those more emotional aspects when it comes to home ownership, which is definitely something that should be considered as you should probably be looking at a big financial decision like this from all aspects. This is certainly not a decision based solely on dollars and cents. Yeah, definitely. Great. So buying a home can be overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. To narrow down your choices when house hunting, it helps to make a home buying wish list. At least I found that helpful for myself. Any tips for couples coming up with one together? Definitely. And I think this comes back to the basics of sharing finances with your significant other. And that's to be extremely open when it comes to the things that you want when you are purchasing a home. Things that might be extremely important to you might not be important to your significant other or vice versa. So it's really important to sit down and outline your top two or three priorities in a home. And hopefully some of those are going to overlap, but it's totally fine if you value different things in a home. You just have to be willing to compromise and work together to make sure that you are able to achieve aspects of home ownership that are good for both individuals. Certainly, because you want both yourself and your significant other to be happy with your home, which is most likely the single biggest purchase of your lifetime. And I find that you're going to be looking at so many properties together that it helps to come up with a list and basically check off the boxes from this wish list that each property satisfies. And that way, if you're looking at 50 or 100 properties over three or four months, then at least you can keep track of which houses check the most important things that you're looking for, because it can certainly be easy to lose track. At least that's what I found from personal experience. Definitely. And pictures online don't do it justice. So it's really good to keep track of those items in each home, whether that's in an Excel spreadsheet or in a little notebook, uh, making your own chart. 
I definitely think keeping track of it is a great way to not get confused or forget things as you're looking at a number of different homes. Now, speaking from personal experience, your husband and you recently started house hunting. What are some of the pros and cons of shopping for a property with your partner? I definitely think one of the pros is having kind of an advocate or someone that's on your team that's there. Like you said, it can be really overwhelming. And sometimes it can feel like realtors are just trying to get you to close a deal. So having someone there that you're able to bounce ideas off of and make sure that you're staying on the same track is really something that is nice. In addition, I guess four eyes are better than two in a sense that you have double the people looking for things and making sure all those boxes are ticked, but also looking for defects in a home. When it comes to, you know, looking at hundreds of homes, it can definitely be overwhelming. One of the cons, I guess, would not be um, agreeing on maybe the same location or if it's closer to one person's work than the other, that could definitely be a challenge. I haven't really come across any cons yet, but my husband and I are very much on the same page. So I think we will be okay, but I could definitely see how there could be differing viewpoints and that could create some challenges when it comes to house hunting. And I'm curious, and this is kind of a point that I wanted to raise. I find that it's helpful if both partners bring a different skill set to the table. So perhaps somebody is strong with finances and the other person is a bit of a handyman or handy woman. I'm just curious, do your husband and you bring different skill sets to the table that you can kind of complement each other in that way? Unfortunately, no, we're both accountants. So we both just bring strong financials to the table. But that's why I think it's really important to maybe get your parents involved if one of them is more handy or a friend. We have one of our girlfriend's dads works for a construction company. So if we're looking at a builder, we would run that by him. In addition, getting a home inspection is something that is so important, especially when you're not an expert in the area. But yeah, I mean, it would be really helpful if one of us was handy, but neither of us are. But at least you're both financially savvy. It's better than having nobody that's financially savvy. This is true. (laughs) Great. So money is often the cause of arguments between couples. If you're coming into a relationship with substantial assets, but your partner is a lot in debt or vice versa, any suggestions on how to avoid resentment later on in the relationship? Definitely. I think if there is a big difference in the assets between two partners, there is always the option of having a prenuptial agreement that a lot of people don't want to do. But I guess if there are substantial assets, that can be something that you look towards. Where my husband and I kind of came into it, we did have a little bit of a difference in assets versus debt. It wasn't huge, but you know, we focused on the fact that we're going to be spending the rest of our lives together. And so all of our money and all of our debt would be considered ours as opposed to his or hers or one spouse's versus the others. So I think really shifting your mindset is important, but I also think that making sure you're contributing to both people's savings accounts is a really great idea so that there's, you know, there's no contention that you're focusing on one person's savings and not the other. So those 
I guess would be some tips that I would definitely use when combining finances and moving forward in your relationship. But if those don't work and you do have that substantial difference, again, a prenuptial agreement can be something that will work for a couple. And I'm just curious, when do you find is a good time to start talking about money and relationship? Now, I understand that each relationship is different, but perhaps by the third date, or what do you think is good in terms of timing to bring up money? Well, I'm an accountant and a personal finance blogger, so I'd like to joke that date one would be appropriate, but obviously that's probably not the case. You don't want to scare someone off on date one being like, give me a list of all your assets and debts. But yeah, by by a couple of dates, I think you should start to be able to get an idea of what their financial situation is. I think as well, you know, it's 2018. So having a partner that's open to, you know, splitting the bill and, you know, not making one individual always pay, I think is important. But then, you know, a couple of months into the relationship, I, I always suggest that couples try to save up for something small together. So my husband and I, I think about six months into our relationship, saved up for a KitchenAid mixer together. We we're both still students. So it seemed like a large purchase together, but it really allowed us to kind of work together towards a small financial goal. And then from there at about a year, you're probably going to want to be starting to save up for maybe a larger expense, such as a trip. And then from there, just continuing those conversations and making sure that you continue to have them and are open about your finances moving forward. That's great advice. Now, what do couples need to consider when deciding how much is necessary for a home maintenance fund? Because I find that repairs and maintenance is something that a lot of people gloss over when purchasing a property. But I can tell you firsthand, I've spent thousands of dollars on my house when it was in so-called great condition, according to the home inspector. So what advice do you have in terms of coming up with a home maintenance fund? I think age of the home is definitely something to consider. So if you are buying an older property, you're probably going to want to save up more when it comes to a maintenance fund. In addition, if you're buying a condo, for example, you would definitely want to look at the reserve fund study and make sure that the reserve fund that the condo board is managing is in a good position so that you don't have any special assessments come your way. But if you do notice something that you think needs to be fixed and it's not on the reserve fund study, you might want to start saving up for that. But I think typically the general rule of thumb is about 1% of the home's cost is what people should focus on having in that maintenance fund. I mean, me personally, looking at my own property, I like to keep an eye on the big ticket items. So things like the roof, the furnace, the windows, I'm not a handy person myself, but I kind of look at them and think, what is the estimated life on those? And then have separate savings for when those need to get replaced. So maybe that's a bit overboard, but I find that works for me because certainly to replace a roof can cost thousands of dollars. And if your roof gets destroyed by a windstorm and suddenly you have to replace it the next day, then it's better to have that money set aside than having to go into credit card debt, I find. Definitely. And again, I think that comes back to, you know, focusing on the useful life. That's such an accounting term, but of something like a roof or your windows. So if you know that a roof is only going to last 25 years and it's been 10, 
you're probably going to need to start saving over the next 15 years for the cost of a roof. So breaking it up into small bite-sized chunks every year, as opposed to shelling out tens of thousands of dollars definitely makes it more digestible. Totally. Life is all about balance. You don't want to be too focused on one thing and miss out on all the fun things in life. How can couples balance other financial priorities, such as starting a family and saving for retirement, along with home ownership? In today's climate, it can definitely be difficult, especially in cities where we're seeing astronomical housing prices and wages that are stagnant. But I think not rushing in to something like home ownership is definitely beneficial. So if it takes you an extra year to save up a little bit more on your down payment, and that means that you aren't going to be house poor, I think that that's a fantastic route to go down because while you may not enjoy renting, maybe you don't have good landlords or you don't really love the condo you're living in, being able to still afford you know, a vacation every year or your retirement contributions or birthday parties for your children is going to be something that is important as you continue to grow in your relationship and move on with your life. So I think people like to rush into things sometimes, but sometimes taking a step back and giving yourself a couple extra months or maybe even a couple extra years is really beneficial when it comes to balance. Totally. I don't think your significant other will like you very much if you're house rich and cash poor and never able to afford to take a vacation. So certainly I'm all about balance. Definitely. 100% agree. Vacation. Everyone needs a vacation. Yeah, not just a staycation. Sometimes it's nice to just get away and recharge because you could certainly get burned out if you're 100% focused on those financial goals all the time and you never have any fun. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It's really important for your mental health and probably for your relationship health as well. Great. So Janine, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Before I let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Absolutely. You can check out my website and subscribe for my newsletter at janinerogan.com. And in addition to this, I'm really focused this year on growing my YouTube channel and making great financial content available for more of an auditory and visual audience. So I would love if you subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com backslash C backslash Janine Rogan. Awesome. And I've watched some of the videos myself and I especially enjoyed the videos with your husband and you. So be sure to check out Janine's YouTube channel. It has some great content for couples and to do with money as well. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host and money coach, I'm also a licensed mortgage broker. If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. You can reach me by email at seancooperwriter at gmail.com or you can call or text me at 647-867-3711. Also, be sure to head on over to www seancooperwriter.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. 
as a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. You can also sign up for a free one-on-one 15-minute money coaching consultation with yours truly. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you burn your mortgage sooner too. Once again, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.